When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the Norris Podcast number 399. There's a lot of exciting things happening in the Nerdist Industries ecosystem? Would you say that, Matthew? No. Why? It's not really an ecosystem. It doesn't really support any life. It does support life. How many people do we employ? It absolutely supports life. Oh, I guess life. in that sense. Yeah. yeah. It ecosystem. supports your life. What do you talking It supports my life. It supports Katie and Kyle. Welcome to a very special intro of the Nerdist <laughs> Podcast <laughs> with, with Matt Myra. Yeah, well, I just thought <laughs> ecosystem. I don't know. Think of another word. The Nerdist... The Nerdist Biosphere. I'll okay, the that. Nerdist Biosphere. I'll go with that. With uh, a self-contained thing. With Stephen Baldwin and Pauly Shore. That's a biodome. Oh, okay. I want a full. Sphere. I've been to the Biosphere in uh, in Arizona, and it's awesome. Did you have to like uh, scrub up before you went in, kind of thing, not to taint it? No, no, it's already way tainted. Uh, it's full of taints because it's all it's uh, it's not a working biosphere anymore. It's just like this is what it was like when people tried to live here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like America will be in a hundred years. Welcome to our introstful. Abandoned biosphere. <laughs> what if I did went to an abandoned biosphere? We had to figure out who was pretending to haunt uh, the local hotel, and it was Old Man Carruthers from the, 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 the keeper of the biosphere. It was Scatman Carruthers. Uh, all right, I guess we could just title this intro uh, "Off the Rails." I would like to. Off let- the Rails is the, my best, my favorite ride at that haunted amusement park. <laughs> God damn it, stop being funny. Then people are going to want you in every intro, and I, I can't schedule that. Uh, there are a lot of other amazing podcasts uh, that you should check out within the Nurse Network. As a matter of fact, Matt Myra is starting James yeah. Bonding. James Bonding with Matt and Matt. Matt Gorley and myself uh, break down every James Bond movie <laughs> in a row. Uh, first, uh, So is it a, lim- is it a limited run? Well, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do after that. Like, we'll sort of, I like, I kind of like the finite number okay. situation. Okay. It's not like we'll get to Nerdist number 399. Right. And go, Which oh, is this one. Fuck. Well done. Will this stop? <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, good way to promote your new podcast and then shit on your current one. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, listen to it. It'll stop. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Uh, but there are a ton of other podcasts that you should listen to as well. Um, Chewing It with Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemming from Broken Lizard. Uh, a competitive erotic fan fiction, which I saw a chunk of the other night, which is hilarious 
um, comics come in and then they basically have to go write erotic fan fiction and they come and present it for the crowd. Uh, and then also the mutant season with 11-year-old Gil, whose dad owns Meltdown and who is a, the one of the sweetest, smartest, most articulate 11-year-olds. You, I'm just going to say people. In general, he's about to have his hundredth episode, so wow. check out the mutant season with I Gil. I jumped the shark when I was on it. <laughs> did you? Where, did you? Did you? I did one. Yeah, we talked about space. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. I gotta pop in too. Space and James Bond. Uh, so that one, uh, JV Club with Janet Varney, uh, writers panel with uh, with Ben Blacker. So four eyes and beard. Four eyes and beard. Mosier and Matt Myra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, you have a lot of podcasts. Uh, <laughs> so check those out. Uh, you can go to nerdist.com and then click on the podcast link and subscribe. We have we have tons. One to suit almost all of your needs also Alton Brown cast Alton Brown that's a, that's a new one that's been doing really well too so uh, thanks to those guys thanks to all you for supporting all of our podcast, podcasts and thanks to Katie who produces the shit out of most of those uh, as we go into this episode which is Bill Hader which just recorded a couple days ago Bill is promoting Cloudy with a Chance Meatballs 2 which is in theater September 27th also he's up for an Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series on SNL we never really hung out with Bill before and uh, and he was I mean I, you know I say this a lot maybe people are trying to hear of it but he was great yeah. We get lucky with a lot of pre-great guests. Uh, and Bill... Uh, and if we ever get unlucky, you'll never hear it. <laughs> no, we have to. We have to put it out. <laughs> My time is too precious now. Like, I can't I can't spend an hour doing something and be like, I can't put it out now. Uh, besides, I think people, if we do have train wrecky ones, people are going to want to hear those too. Yeah, sure. So I'll do my best to make everyone a train wreck. <laughs> this was not, well, you did a good job with this intro. This, uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> here we go with the nerd. I think you did a really nice job with the intro. It was Thanks. nice having you I sit thought in the intro. it would be nice for me to say hi to everybody up top. Introstful. And also, it's a good way for me to learn uh, what's going on, because I've never listened to a podcast. This is where you get your Nerdist News from. Thanks. Also, check out Nerdist News oh, at yeah. uh, Nerdist <laughs> And while you're at it, subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> YouTube. Like, why not? Seriously, do it. <laughs> send me a billion dollars. Would you just send me a billion dollars? That's really what this is about, isn't no, it? I mean, there's a couple hundred thousand of you probably listening to this episode right now. If would each it kill of you, you sent us a hundred thousand dollars, would it kill you <laughs> to just click subscribe on the YouTube page? That's all I'm asking. One person's going to die doing it, and then they're going to say, yes, man, it did kill that person. Well, I'm sorry if that was your time. <laughs> all right. Matt has a very healthy uh, relationship to death. I do. Uh, but we're going to celebrate... i out a casket later. We're going to celebrate life with the Nerds Podcast number 399 with Bill Hader. Now entering Nerdist.com. Are you the skinniest guy in the room? Um, I don't know. Guys. Do you go work out? Guys, you cut work it out. out. He, doesn't, he doesn't drink. That's oh, true. yeah? That's always added Oh, stuff. yeah? Yeah. And do you, do you like sweets? I don't love them. Okay. So he yeah, like I, don't, I don't love them. Really? Yeah, I don't what really like What about sweet. the time you got mad at the uh, lady in the Portland coffee shop? We're that wasn't a sweet. That was a savory. <laughs> that was a, that was a savory. I came from Los Angeles. That was a savory. I didn't say it that way. <laughs> well, I, what did he want? I am so mad. I can't remember. It was like a I, I know exactly what he wanted. He wanted a, a, don't say it like that. He wanted a ham and cheese croissant it at this particular place in Portland. Okay, so. It is one of my favorite food items in the entire country is at this one bakery. Uh-huh. His defense to, I'm sorry, we're, we're all out. No, 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 no. Yeah, excuse me. I'll tell the story. Your Honor. 
Uh, excuse me. Conjecture. Uh, here we go. Uh, his defense to, I'm sorry we're all out, was to get uh, particularly whiny and then express that he had uh, come up from Los Angeles just for this I croissant. just said that out loud. We had traveled. <laughs> I, I hadn't slept. I hadn't slept. I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly what I'm it was. I'm so mad they found another one for you. Have you ever... <laughs> it worked. Uh, Odd that they found one. Yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever been in one of those situations where... Uh, you get bummed about something really stupid, but then the person, not that they should, but there's just that moment where they're like, what do you want me to do about it? And then you just feel like, oh, come on, just be a little like, oh, come earlier tomorrow. Or t- I don't know if there's any way out of this. Place. No, yeah, I think you're going to. Just going to own up that you were a jerk. Yeah. But I get it. Bill Hader's yeah. right. <laughs> As I text. <laughs> like I said, completely checked out from the get go. Oh I was, God, I yeah. was, I was a total jerk that day. I really was a jerk that day. No, but, but you got it. But we hadn't, uh, we hadn't really slept that much, and that was that was the day that we traveled um, up to up to Portland. Yeah, that long trip oh, up to Portland. God, what is it? Aeroplane. Almost three hours. Hey guys, who else works fifteen hour days here? Not the Whoa, two of you. Oh, huh? burn! I don't, you don't know uh, that. You really you don't, don't know, know what, what I do when yeah. I'm not here. You also, I mean, I work enough. I was I was thinking of all kinds of great Ray Donovan tweets yeah. all day. I got up early for it. Are you watching Ray Donovan? He's obsessed. with No, Ray I haven't seen Ray Donovan oh, yet. You got to watch it. <laughs> really? He doesn't. That's a ringing his endorsement. I feel like you, you can. Oh, you've got to watch. I feel like you hate Donovan. Donovan. You can hear or in his voice. No, I don't know yet. You can hear. I can't stop watching. He's it. not lying, but he doesn't believe himself when he says it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have no idea. Like I was telling Matt the other day, I was like, I don't know if it's like I like it as a show or a reference point. I really, yeah, right. I can't tell. Yeah. But yeah. but you're so you're you're so passionate about it in a way that makes me feel like. You have to see how awful this is. No, it's not that. <laughs> oh, is it off? Is it bad? No, or? parts of it. Like every once in a while, there's just something that's bad that you laugh at, and uh-huh. it's usually involving like the wife or like some situations. But other than that, like there's all this great acting and great situations. Yeah, it's a really or, good yeah. cast. Yeah, Liam Schreiber is pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, he's no, pretty, he's pretty very great. good. But he's not the best one in the show. Who is the best one in the show? Yeah, the, uh, the 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 guy who plays his brother with Parkinson's. Who's like a British actor that really has the best Boston accent out of all of them. Wow. Yeah. That's how it always is. Yeah. All those British actors. That's like that new uh, the show after Breaking Bad now. It's like Low Winter, Low Winter Sun. Sun. They're all British actors. They're all Brits, yeah. They're all Brits. Really? Yeah. Jesus. The guy from Walking Dead's British. I didn't realize that until I watched the interview everyone, with him. Uh, yeah. Everyone on Downtown Abbey is... Uh... Or, but what about, no, they're da- all what from about Brooklyn. Downton Abbey? They're all from Downton Abbey. All the people in Downton Abbey are, are from Brooklyn. This yeah. is how they're infiltrating us. You know, after the uh, after after the revolution, this is after we overthrew uh, the king. This is how they're slowly coming back so and infiltrating. Hundreds of years from now, <laughs> we will take over their acting troops. <laughs> Wait a minute, Tim Berners Lee invented the internet, <gasps> so they could slowly infiltrate our entertainment business. I've got an idea, chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, after all these years, we, we will have Until revenge. then, we wait for the television to be invented. <laughs> this is what we have to do, friend. <laughs> oh, you're waiting for this. As, oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. Is this the show? As the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, We're changing the name to Order and Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Ordinary, as, ordering Chipotle. As they're looking at the last results of the Revolutionary War where they're deciding we have to surrender and get out of uh, this colony, Marathon. that's when they're deciding to infiltrate television. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're looking at the results like, like in the sports pa- oh, the war, the war section the, of the yeah. newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Got the yeah, war section. Nice, uh, black. Here, take that. Oh, thank you, Chris. The daily oh, here. <laughs> <laughs> 20, 40. <laughs> Chris, could you just do me a favor and make it rain? That's okay. Anybody Orders. Okay. Um, All right, you you gave it a thought. I did give it a thought for a second. No, 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 Bill, we got it, we got it, we're good. Yeah, thank you. With you're a guest in our house, Bill. What's that? Uh, what's that weird show that uh, P- Paul F has been posted about? Uh, Goreburger? No, no, that's the TJ thing. Goreburger's group, uh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Goreburger, I don't even know what that is. It's uh, it's this weird like monster. It's a web show where the TJ Miller plays the voice of some crazy huge monster. Oh wow, uh, it's like a talk show, Japanese talk show. That's but then it has like great bands on it, like uh, Flaming Lips and the Dumb yeah. Paul has been posting. I saw him post to the Instagram of the Boardwalk Empire screenshots. Yeah, but there's some show. It's uh, like it's a Danish show that they're showing. I saw a bus ad for oh, it. Oh, it's not the bridge, is it? No, 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 no. That's not the bridge. It's a uh, Gorburn. I don't know what it is. Doesn't oh, matter. Borgen? Borgen. Yeah. Yeah. I just I went I'm just now got into cuz I haven't watched the killing on AMC. I decided I to watch it. the Danish. Like I went and got like a all region player yeah and then had them send yeah. it to me and i got that the bridge and borgen nice the bridge the original version? yeah yeah for christmas uh kumel and emily gave d and i an all region player and the uh the bridge and the, the original bridge and the original killing yeah and we the went, killing's good yeah we haven't we watched the bridge and just were obsessed with it yeah but don't you watch the killing as an actor and go how the fuck do they not want to kill themselves after ever? Because everyone's just is the, is the one uh, the one character. I can't you, they're talking about the Dan- I haven't seen the American, but oh, you're okay. just saying in general. In general, in the American version, it's pretty like, rough. Is, everyone's yeah. just crying all the time. The the, ver- the Danish one is, I mean, kind of par for the course for just you know Norwegian theater. I mean, all the you know. <laughs> Bergman you know. movies and stuff, you just want to blow your brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, every Bergman movie you watch, you're like, yeah. oh, they're all they're all beautiful and they want to kill oh, it's, themselves. It's winter all the time. Yeah, it's oh, winter okay. all the time, and there <laughs> is no God. Even and... the movie Clown. That's yeah. After watching that, Clown, still, you just like that, the three way scene in that. Yeah, oh, you want to kill yourself. Have you seen Clown? No, it's it's, uh, funny. it's on Netflix. It's, it's pretty funny. That. Yeah, it's really funny. It's yeah. uh, it's, it's I, I guess those dirty. two guys had a show, right? Yeah. And then this is their movie version of it, but it's uh, you can look up a scene online where it's uh, the two of them negotiating a uh, three way with this really large woman. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a way <laughs> for them to figure out a way just so they can crash there for the night. Yeah, the only way they can sleep there is if they fuck this woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like both of them together, and yeah, it's yeah. very funny. Yeah. Uh, I was watching that, and we had just gotten a new uh, babysitter, and she happened to walk in to our little living room right when I was playing, and I was like, oh, hey, 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 hold on real quick. Hi. Hi. I'm Bill. <laughs> you feel like- You're watching my kid. Do you feel like there's any part of you that goes, that, that in your head goes, hmm, is there any way that she would be able to sue me because she thinks oh, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to show? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, this is yeah. just what we watch around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. I, I, after that happened, everything that I watched, no matter, because it was always at night and she was there at night, I would always say, hey, just so you know, uh, I'm watching this movie called Kill List. It's supposed to be pretty <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> so if you come in and you see some messed up stuff. 
I, I've not. I'm watching the movie for the first time. All, <laughs> you know, please don't freak yeah. out. I'm watching. I'm watching a movie called Romper Stomper. Now, yeah, when you right. watch it's it, a little not Have you seen American Romper History X? Okay, yeah. when you okay. see it. Like, pretty cool, right? Like, those guys all have the right idea, right? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Okay, by the look in your face, I'm joking now. I'm, jo- I'm backtracking now. Why are you crying? <laughs> Stop crying. Do you live in Los Angeles now? Yeah, I just moved here. Welcome nice. back. Welcome. Thanks. Yes. yes. Nice being back. Yes. yes. Does it, it when you, uh, when you the, like, the, the couple months or the maybe the week or two after you leave SNL, do you still have that sort of crushing, like, hey, I have a deadline. Oh, oh I'm okay. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. You, I had a, I, I have, uh, still have SNL nightmares at, at, right around this time in August is when you start having your SNL nightmares <laughs> because the show's like a month away and usually it deals with like not knowing your, like not having the cue cards ready or you're in the costume for the wrong sketch. I mean, it's all very cliched things, but it's true. You do have those. And then that happened to me last season where what? the Melissa McCarthy show, she did this sketch where she was a basketball coach and it was very funny, and sh- I had the cue card. Well, one, they didn't have my cue cards at the top of the sketch, which was terrifying. <laughs> what do you do? I just was like, uh, you know, it was like a quick tease before we went to videotape. Oh, okay. So it was like th- two sentences, and I was like, I just approximated those. And then and it was fine. And then I got on my, you know, Mark, and me and Melissa have a scene together, and she, all of her, her cue cards, which are behind me, were all the rewrites, and all of her cue cards behind her were everything from dress rehearsal. Oh, shit. <laughs> so no. I'm saying things, and she doesn't have a response on her cue cards because those beats were cut. So I asked her a question, not knowing that those beats were cut, and if you watch it, she, there's like a little pause where she's like, that's not on my cue card. So she, it was just kind of this back and forth kind of a dance of oh, getting shit. around this giant mess, mistake that I happened. guess if there's anyone that you would want to be in that situation with, it would probably be Oh, a hundred percent. She's an amazing improviser and just quick on her feet. If it was Michael Phelps or something, it would have been like, <laughs> hey, that's, the, that's all wrong. <laughs> hey, Throw that big paper over there. Bring hey, closer. Hey, wait a minute. That's not what we're supposed to say. Yeah, yeah that would have been bad. Hold on, I got this. Just takes off his shirt. <laughs> The crowd goes crazy, and I'm like, that's the sketch. I just look at the camera. End of sketch. Oh, my God, you guys. Maybe they're going to do the taking off the shirt sketch this yeah, week. Yeah, I'm like, oh, no, that's a- I need another Michael Phelps taking his shirt off this week. <laughs> no, that was just a mistake, was it? It wasn't really. No. Has there, has there, has there, I would imagine that when people come on the show, when guest hosts come on the show, everyone's pretty... Because I'm sure people are nervous. So is everyone pretty cool? Or? Oh, with that, yeah. I, I would say almost I would say almost 100% of the time people are incredibly, this is your house. I'm a guest here. How can I, you know, I just, you know, they roll with it a little bit, you know. But it's tough. I mean, you know, you might have an idea and you're really excited about it. And then you put it up, uh, you know, host might have an idea. And they, and they just see it like it doesn't really play. And it's just. It's, you know, you can't, it, and outside of SNL, that idea could be very, very funny. It just needs to work on that show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a thing, I've said this a lot, but Steve Higgins told me, it's like the Venn diagram of what the show finds funny and what you find funny. It's like, it needs to, there needs to be some crossover there, you know, for your thing to work. Um, so the people who tend to come in and who really are great are the people who are very open and who get the show's sensibility 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I because I always think that there's probably a there are basically two audiences that you're playing for on that show. It's like it's like a theater show, but then the television part of it makes it sort of weird because you yeah. can't stuff that you could get away with in theater doesn't necessarily work on television and vice versa because you're in close ups. Totally. But then you still have to play big for the audience. Yeah, there. you have to perform instead of act, as they say. You know what I mean? And it's not it's performing big. That's why Justin Timberlake I think is so good at the show because he's like. Mickey Mouse Club trained. He just knows how to hit his mark and yeah. like play out and do his yeah. thing, no matter what it is. And it play, it always works. It's like people just are like, ah, like they just, he just know. You don't have to tell him what to do. He just knows how to play it. You know. And that's a that's a good point to even like his acting in uh, like uh, a movie I saw of him where he do, he is a bit bigger than everybody else, yeah. only because of his background and what he's used to. Yeah. And also, it's, it's a, a, acting versus performing thing, yeah. which is it is difficult to. Uh, it's really difficult to kind of work on, but that's the that was what was so nice about doing those digital shorts of us having so many pre-tape pieces at my time there was that you could kind of act a little smaller. You know what I mean? You could act yeah. instead of perform. You know. Now, when you uh, w- did did you when you left, was it like okay, it's time? I just want to kind of move on and do a new, you know, like pursue some other stuff. It was more of a. Um, it was more. A, just I want to go, uh, you know, live in Los Angeles because my wife, uh, who's a director, was constantly coming out here. I was constantly coming out here, and we have two kids, and gross. we were all on top of each other. Uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty gross. <laughs> Ew, kids. Boo. Wait, your wife is uh... Maggie Carey. Yeah, yeah, I remember Maggie. Yeah, and yeah. she. Uh, so she's the one that wrote and directed. The to-do list. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's her movie. Because I remember her, she like talking about like wanting to write more, like yeah. back before you guys moved. Yeah, yeah, no, and she did this web series called the Genie Tate Show with Liz Kakowski. Oh, this is the one in the van, right? Yeah, the one in yeah, the yeah. van, and so then she and then she made this movie, and so, um, so she's kind. Of, we're just out here all the time, so we just wanted to have space, and so mm-hmm. that really is where it came from. Which was, oh, it's my last season, my contract's up, and then us talking over Christmas and going, well, what do we want to do? And then once it was decided we were going to move, I went in and uh, talked to Lauren and said, yeah, I'm moving to L.A. And he was like, he just went, what do you mean? <laughs> face, like, and did he like do that to his foot? Yeah, yeah. and he went, <laughs> No, but he, he was understanding. He was actually, you know, it was a combination of, uh, I totally understand you have kids. I totally get that. And it's hard to do the show with two kids. And I think you're making a giant mistake. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I totally get it. You're fucking me. <laughs> no, but it was like, you should stick around. But I fully understand. You know what I mean? Like, I would love if you stick around, but I totally get it. How much longer would you have had to stick around? Would you have to re-up a contract? Yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know how that works. If it's yeah. like then another, just another season, I, I don't know how that works. I like that you moved to L.A. for space. Yeah, <laughs> no. the only place you can come from where L.A. Oh, is yeah. Well, it's also... No, it's true, though. It's When you're a young performer, though, and you kind of think, oh, my God, if I could just get on SNL or if I could just get one job, then everything would be set... And then you flash forward when you start to get older, and especially if you have kids, or like you really do start taking into consideration, like, but how do I want to live? Like, yeah. how do I actually want to enjoy my life? And then it, you go, wow, I can't believe, you know, it's, I guess it's, I guess it's a sign of maturity that you can make those kinds of decisions and go, ah, the career stuff will be fine. No, it, it is true. I mean, you worry about the career stuff, obviously, you know, all the time, but it is, it is kind of like, 
um, you know, it's really hard on doing that show is incredibly taxing. And then to do anything outside of the show, which I always try to do, is incredibly taxing, taxing on top of that. And then you have a family and you have all, you know what I mean? How, and so. How did that like work when you're just swamped at work and then you have, you come home and then you also, like, you have to be just a dad a, mentally available? Yeah, to your it's family. hard. It is hard. Um, you know, I mean, during show weeks, I might as well have just been out of town. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because, of, I mean, during the sh- season, it's this thing happens where during the season, I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm never 100% there. Yeah. And that's what, you know, in the summer around this time, I start to just become more, it takes like another month and a half to kind of come down from it. Ugh. And then you have a month and a half where you feel available and then it all starts to ramp up again you know for nine months how did that like how well how was the strain on the relationship with maggie like did that like were there times where just like hey you need to just kind of be here when you're here yeah no maggie is actually incredibly uh uh well a understanding and b she's very you know uh kind of i was gonna you know independent or you know what i mean like she's just very much she's very she gets it, you know, and that's what's great about being uh, married to someone who is also in this industry. Is yeah. She's like, no, I get it, you know. When she was making her movie, you know, she was like, I'm not that available, you know. Yeah. But um, it was stuff like during show weeks, every Thursday night was we would go on a date. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it wasn't going out, it would be like. like watching a movie or. Yeah, let's watch a movie or have dinner or okay, let's catch up on Walking Dead or whatever it is, yeah, yeah. you know, and just kind of be, you know, you yeah. know a couple. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that. Yeah, you got to find that time. You got to yeah. force it in. Yeah, totally. Well, it's important because, <clears throat> you know, you, you, you sort of take for granted that uh, a, a new relationship, like a year a year under relationship, everything's very effortless because it's like, oh, we're just oh, just being around each other all the time. And then yeah. you, you, you start to get a little comfortable and then you're, you know, it's like, okay, well, I got to focus on work and I got to focus on... And then, and then sometimes you're like, why isn't this as easy as yeah. it was? And we're like, no, because it's like anything else. You have to nurture it. You can't just like pot a flower and oh, go, 100%. that's good forever. Yeah. Like, no, no, yeah. it's, you got to take care I of it. I think you can. Uh, yeah. Good luck Depending on the flower. <laughs> good luck with that. Depending on the flower. Yeah, I mean, you do have to like, and I will say my first season on the show, I was so completely flipped out and... Because I thought they made, they were going to figure out that they made a huge mistake, <laughs> and I was going like, I, I got this way too early, and I don't know, I'm out of my league here, and I don't know what's going on. So that I was, you know, a little bit m- more manic, and um, when I was at home, I was like, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just kind of <laughs> freaking out. Just go to my room, go to a room, and yeah. close the door, and be like, hi, uh, yeah. I gotta go. You know, and then and, just sit and think. Yeah, and just sit there and kind of stew. But even then, she, you know, Maggie was super understanding with every show and, you know, was yeah. like, you know, how are you feeling? Is everything all right? But as she's also a creative type too, and she goes through the same kind of Yeah, shit. she fully like, understood do, it. Were you there? Like, is it kind of like that's what I realized with my wife, where it's, um, it's like, you know, she, when she's working on stuff or projects, it's like, you know, she has those same creative person breakdowns and like, totally. it's like you know you and then you have to be like oh it's gonna be okay you're great yeah. but then then you can just almost instantly go but i'm feeling real bad about my oh and then, then you yeah. have to turn around it's so bad no. when when you both have the same kinds of insecurities and they activate each other no, yeah, yeah you can't have that i mean the thing i'm learning too is and this kind of just goes in general is when you're when someone's giving you notes on something or you give someone notes it's always best 
to just say what you feel isn't working, not to say how you'd fix it. Yes. You know what I mean? When you say, here's what's not working or here, you know, you're usually right. But when you say, and, and then I would do this to fix it, you're yeah. almost you're always wrong. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I never, and then that, and that turns into yeah. uh, tension where I was like, why don't you just do this? You yeah. know, you know, or I'll, you know, be freaking out because there was a long time where I was very self conscious that I couldn't get a character on the show. I had a hard time. I did impressions, but I could never get a character on the uh. show. And Maggie would say. Why don't you just, you know, do, you know, what, the shows that you watch and like, why don't you do someone on one of those shows, right? Like so-and-so. And I'd be like, what? Why would I ever do that person? You know? <laughs> and, so the first part was great advice. Great, yeah. yeah. And then vice versa, where yeah, I would yeah. say, you know, I think the movie, uh, this part doesn't, you know, work or whatever. Um, why don't you not have Aubrey Plaza say this or whatever? And she yeah. just, you know, could you just get out? Please? Yeah. You know. What well, happened just... recently with Dee and I where she's working on that short at Nickelodeon. And yeah. Like, uh, like they gave her some notes. I was like, I totally know what they're saying. This is what you should do. And like, I like everything. And she took it back in and she's like, I was like, what'd they say? And she's like, she's like, oh, they, they said the, those notes were completely wrong. Yeah. They sh- I should put it back to the way I had it. And I go, oh, well, I'm sorry. I almost fucking blew that for you. Yeah, no, because <laughs> you don't know where everyone's coming from. It's that thing of like, they're not wrong. No one's wrong. It's just everyone's has a different, just sees it differently. Yeah. You know, and it's just trying to get everybody to see the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't until, excuse me, that I saw Maggie's movie I went, oh, that was the tone of it. I was going this other place. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and you kind of go, oh, I see. Yeah, you're right, 100%. You know, not the acting. I understood the acting and the general tone. But once I saw it all cut together with music and everything, I went, oh, okay. My bad. Well, there's yeah. a real danger. And, I mean, I think particularly something like SNL can really train you to be super nimble. But I feel like... It probably, and I feel like we probably all have a very similar issue is you're constantly in putting out fire mode. Yeah. And so, but not every interpersonal relationship calls for putting out fire mode all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so, mm. it, <laughs> so Watch that flower. So it really, uh, it, it can really sort of work against you in that way where you're like, no, 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 just fix this thing. You're like, no, I don't, I, you don't have to do, yeah, you don't have yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You could just listen yeah, and then that just, that would be enough. That's it. Just listen. Yeah, just listen to what's going on. And and I always and I did this constantly where I would say, oh, maybe this is what's wrong with. It. And I go, oh no, that's it's kind of my my response. You know, last question or last time we talked, last question, blah, 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 blah. last question was, uh, um, you know, you're just saying, well, this is what I would do. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, Keenan, I would just do this. <laughs> you know, and he's going, well, you can't sing or dance or do You know what I mean? <laughs> I can sing and dance, so I'm going to go do this. And right. you're like, you're right. You know, um, but to what you're saying, that happens at SNL constantly where you just can hone something down and hone it down. And I remember... Uh, the last Stefan sketch we did, it was at a wedding to um, Anderson Cooper thing. And I was sitting, we were sitting there talking about it. And then somebody said, well, do you want little Chirons that says, because it was him in the wedding and he saw, everybody that Stefan had mentioned was in the wedding. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, we, and then this and then, and then, you know, we should have little Chirons or something kind of saying like Jewish vampire, but, you know, so because people aren't going to know who they are. And, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, it's people kind of, you know, you get exhausted and you get freaked out and i remember seth meyers going no no don't solve the crossword 
puzzle for people, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> just let it be, and, you know, and, and uh, you just need that. Like, Seth is really good at giving those notes, and he's very quick at saying, here's why I don't think that works for this show, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, you're on the right direction. You're in the right direction. You know what I mean? Um, uh, or I think, eh, it's kind of low energy, um, or it's kind of like something someone else did, you know? And that's yeah. all you have to say. And you go, right, okay, thanks. You right. know? Yeah. He was very good at that. There was never sitting you down saying, here's why I feel like this doesn't work. <laughs> you know? That never... Well, that well never especially in that, in, that, in that situation, all, all you have to do is just solve the thing as fast as possible. Like, you don't have to really... It almost feels it almost feel kind of shitty if people got really heavy and emotional about it. No, 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 we're just in it. This just has to be yeah, streamlined. You can't you just don't have the time for it, you know? It's the same thing at South Park too. You know, those guys just they don't have the time to go, well, you know, it's just like, eh, you know. It's very just it's very friendly, you know. That's the other thing I realized too, is that if you're a new writer and you're going to a writer's room, the worst thing you could do, even if you feel this way, is is like finding this balance. You can't say if you don't like something, you shouldn't go. That's great. <laughs> Some people do that because they're just n- nervous and they want to keep the energy in the room. Like, oh, that's funny, you know. But at the same time, it's the opposite. It's true. Like you just go, nah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It just kills the vibe in the room. Um, I there's one writer on the show. I won't say who it is, but you would say, uh, I was thinking about maybe an idea where. Um, you know, we would do the, you know, uh, I remember one time, I, what was the freaking idea? I had a bad idea for Taylor Swift where I was like something where she's like a government agent or <laughs> something because just her attitude, like no one can get mad at her. And like, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, this is lame. This is lame. But it's like, you know, it's like she's a, like some sort of weapon that they use. Uh, you know, and I'm trying to explain it to these, this writer, and he's like, right, right. He goes, I love that. I love that. What if she um, is the tooth fairy? And, and you're like, okay, so you don't like it. You don't like it. Just yeah, yeah. say you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the opposite. So it's the opposite. So you don't like it. You want to do your idea, the, t- the tooth fairy idea. You know what I mean? So um, it is uh, it is hard. Well, I guess also because there's there's that thing with a lot of, with with most comics – where they just don't want, they just want people to like them, you know. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to. I mean, I, I guess I'm probably one of those people where you just don't want to hurt anyone's. You just want everyone to feel okay and supported. Yeah, yeah, and also it's nerve wracking when you're working with people. I'm sure the writer's standpoint is like I'm, you know, on SNL at least, like I'm working for this, you know, performer, and I want to make them, you know, want to work with me. And then as a performer, I'm looking at the writer going, I want you to write for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's this awkward conversation of like, or, oh, no, maybe. Oh, I don't know. You know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a two people too polite to go through the door. And you're both yeah, just saying, yeah. oh, no, 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 you no, go. You no, no, go. I, no, no. Well, that's funny. Yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. yeah maybe, yeah. uh yeah, huh. Yeah. You know. Shit, we didn't write anything. Yeah, yeah we didn't Fuck. do anything because it stunk. <laughs> I'm that way just in general. If I meet somebody who I really like, I will, uh, or, or I'm in awe of and I want them to like me, I find myself saying things that I've never said before in my life, <laughs> like a word. <laughs> like the first time I met Bill Murray, uh, Jim Downey, who's a writer on the show, called me. He's like, Bill Murray, he's like, come down to this you know, bar. I'm watching a baseball game. And I went down there and it was Bill Murray and him in this back room. Jesus. And it was just the three of us. And I'm sitting there going like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and um, 
help me out, guys. Who's the actor from uh, Cool Hand Luke who says, uh, you know, uh, what we got here is failure to communicate? Uh, and uh, not, oh, Str- did, Struther, Struther Martin. Yeah. So he was a huge fan of Struther Martin. And, and Bill Murray was talking about it, and he goes, oh, I, got, I convinced Lorne to have Struther Martin host SNL. And he's telling me this cool story. And I go, oh, and, and did he have chops? <laughs> <laughs> you mean acting like comedy yeah. chops? Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, he had chops. And then, and then we left, and Maggie was with me, and Maggie goes, did he have chops? <laughs> and I go, I wanted Bill Murray to like me so much. I don't know. It seemed like a word he would use. Like, did he have chops? I don't know. He's like, did he have chops? Well, I think, I think when, you're in the, when you're in that situation, particularly, and you're, and you're faced with someone like that, and you're trying to impress him, basically, your brain is scanning everything you've ever experienced in your entire life and just trying to, it's like, just trying to make a match until you yeah. focus on one thing. Yeah. But it there you don't really have that much control over where it's gonna focus, so it's just like brrr, chops, chops. And, yeah. and, that, and you go, the, uh, did you have chops? Well, at least Mr. it Murray? didn't. At least it didn't make him go. What uh, are you talking about? No, he went. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Mm-hmm. He went like that. Chops, yeah, it's funny. Chops. Yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, yes, he did have chops. Well, I think Bill <laughs> Murray admired my chops for using the chops yes. reference very, very well. Um, but it was clearly the way I even the word came out of my mouth. I've never, I've never used it in a sentence before. <laughs> it, like, did he have chops? <laughs> <laughs> I would almost. I, it would almost be fun to 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 strap a GoPro camera to Bill Murray, and just send him around and watch people react to him. Yeah, because a guy like that has like that just happens to him all the time. Yeah. where people are just like ah. at the comedy awards. I don't think he'll mind me saying this. At the comedy awards, uh, okay. So like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, like don't get you know starstruck by anybody. Really, they're kind of like, oh wow, there's so and so. You know what I mean? Oh, we made fun um, of that guy. We made fun of that we guy. Of that that guy. guy. <laughs> when Trey at the comedy, the first comedy, Comedy Central Comedy Awards, uh, when Trey met Bill Murray, he started crying. Trey, wow. started, he just immediately he just started crying. He's like, "You're like the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, I can't believe I'm. Can I get a picture with you?" And his his wife took a picture with him, and Trey was just like, "The picture's hilarious." Trey looks like a 15 year old. And Bill Murray's like, "Yeah, yeah, I like the uh, show, man. It's great." He's like, "You seen the show? Oh wow, cool." He goes, "We have a show on Broadway right now called Book of Mormon." He's like, "Yeah, no, I heard it was good. I heard it was good, you know." And he was oh, like, shit. "Yeah, you, sh- you should see it, you know." And I, I was like, "Whoa!" And then. When Matt met him, because Bill Murray, because no, he had been to SNL a couple of times, so I went over and felt very comfortable going over and yeah. going, "Hey, man, how are you?" He goes, "Hey, yeah, we're doing. I'm doing this thing, and yeah, it should be fun." And I'm talking to him, and and Matt Stone was like, "All right," because I I presented them an award, so he came over to me. He's like, "Hey, man," and he's you know, "You ready to get out of here or whatever?" And he sees Bill Murray and goes, "Holy fuck! <laughs> like, Holy shit!" He goes, "I'm so fucking glad I came here tonight for this." Can I shake your hand, dude? Oh, shit. Holy shit! Like he was the most starstruck I had ever seen that ever. He was just like, "Holy fuck! You're Bill Murray, <laughs> Bill Ghost Busting Ass Murray." Yeah. <laughs> it was like he just freaked out, and I was oh, like, "Yeah, shit. he does that." To people and i get um here's the the funny my last funny but kind of funny bill murray story was he did a bit um when we did these thursday night specials and he did a bit in it and when he we were rehearsing and the whole cast was in it and everyone was kind of 
whether you knew it or not, everyone was kind of on because there's like Bill Murray's up there and, and he's like the coolest. He's like a jazz musician or something just kind of sitting there real chill and everyone's kind of like <laughs> looking up at him, you know, and doing like bits very loudly oh, to each no, other. And oh, no. Everyone's kind of like, oh, okay. And then kind of like, chill out, chill out. Okay, but you know, it's Bill, Bill Murray, you know. And uh, so then at the after party, I got to, he started talking to me and we were having a great conversation and we started talking about baseball and basketball and, you know, things like that. And I very infrequently will get a migraine headache where you can't see anything, (laughs) where you get, like, aura. And as I'm talking to him, for the first time since, you know, like, in two years... I like that is when God decided to give me a mic. <laughs> where he was like, Bill, come sit with me. Let's talk. And I was like, cool. I got to go because I can't see anything. Oh, and, I was like, and I was in the cab like, why is this happening? That why should be now? a commercial for a migraine medicine. Yeah. If you meet Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. The guy like, oh, are, are you Bill Murray? And he's like, sit down with me and let me tell you all my secrets. Oh, no. I can't see anything. Yeah. Your face is a round circle of light. Yeah. I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. Because you never know when yeah. you're going to meet Bill Murray. If you meet Bill Murray, this might cause bleeding. <laughs> Side effects may include self-flagellation. Self-flagellation. Tab on the way home. Yeah. Saying you liked him in Dr. Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> was Bill in Dr. Detroit? No, no. It's yeah, like Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if he did a cameo. In the... He was in Dr. Detroit. <laughs> Someone just, uh, I think it was on... Oh, maybe Huffington Post or whatever, but it was there was like 19 pictures that will make you feel like you're in the 80s, and they're fucking awesome. Just like candid pictures, like oh, the wedding photo of Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, and then just fucking Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd hanging out in 1985, like just having a beer. Yeah. And it just it's and it's it's Venkman era Bill Murray and Stance era, you know, and yeah. it just it just feels like God damn it, I don't know if I'll it, like. Did they did they have any sense at the time of what they were a part of? Yeah. Well, at that time, they were two of the biggest comedy stars in the world. In the world. Yeah. yeah. At that moment. But in I mean, 85. Dan Aykroyd got nothing but trouble made. So. <laughs> yeah. That's true. There's moments. <laughs> nothing but trouble does have moments. Yeah. It is interesting. I just watched that movie recently. It's a really like, crazy like, it's high so concept. It's bonkers. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. But you, I got to tell weird. you, though, with Ghostbusters, if you watch the deleted scenes, it feels like, and I honestly, I have no... I'm basing this on nothing more than just a feeling, which would make it uh, a true podcast. More than a feeling, which would make it uh, you know adequate for the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. That uh, the deleted scenes, Ivan Reitman cut a lot of the the SNL kind of stuff out of them. Where they were doing, like, there's this one scene where the it's Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd doing these homeless guys walking through Central uh-huh. Park, and they're just like their their characters are up to eleven. Yeah, yeah. and he just like it just like he just lifted all that stuff yeah. out, and, and it was almost like he sort of. They had to fight against a little bit of the sort of Second City stuff. Yeah, kind of ground it in something yeah. where you're like, no, you're this. That, what always happens to those things, and I've been a part of movies like that where when you're shooting it, you're trying a lot of stuff. And then you could tell in the editing, they went, okay, no, wait. Okay, Dan Aykroyd's the nerd guy. Just right. keep him that because that scene kind of seems inconsistent. What, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it makes sense because they kind of do that in the second one when they're the um, – the sewage oh, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, you got. You want to come? You want to come with me? You want to come with me? You want to go? Yeah. You, you got to go down the top. Like, and they're talking like <laughs> yeah. that, and you're like, oh, they can do voices and yeah. stuff, you yeah. know. So 
That maybe makes sense. No, I mean, you're parapsychologists. You don't do voices. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. This is just of... like at the end of, uh, you know, Trading Places where just everything goes off the rails and Dan Aykroyd is all of a sudden can do characters and stuff like yeah. that to get, you know. Yeah, yeah he plays the He's Jamaican like, hey, guy. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. But you grew up in uh, Ivy League school. Yeah. 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 But uh, it's, uh, it, it is interesting that you can be on a set and you do something and and it's it just crushes when you're shooting, and everyone's like, "Oh my god! Well, this is going to be the biggest yeah. moment of this thing." And then you see it, and you're like, "Oh, that didn't." No, it didn't work at all. Didn't work and at all. And the thing that you don't think is fun, the thing that's kind of like, "Well, let's see how that goes." Sometimes it is. Uh, the thing that people are laughing the hardest at while you're shooting something is the thing that people love. Well, you like, know, it just depends. Yeah, it's just like a stand-up bit that you get the idea for and you think is the funniest fucking thing in the world, and then you go do it, and it's like, oh, no guess, one liked it. Guess it wasn't that funny. But I also here, the hardest, the hardest, biggest laugh I got on the set of Superbad was when uh, McLovin runs away, and I said, "McLovin, why?" <laughs> like that, <laughs> and that, like in the movie, it doesn't really, you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, uh, like the whole, I was like, man, I can't wait for people to see when I say McLovin, why? Because that made the crew really laugh. <laughs> And then it played, and people were like, hmm, what's going to happen with McLovin? You know? <laughs> I mean, if you, really, if you really wanted to get boring about it and understand the science of, like, comedy dynamics, it's like, oh, the proximity of you to them, to the crew, to being in the situation and yeah, this organic yeah. moment versus you are basically under a microscope. Yeah. And it's not in the same context. It, no, and, and like, everything you've seen before it and where it's going and where – and that that's the thing that it does matter – I remember when I try, try to start writing a com, you know, a movie, uh, uh, you know, comedy that, you know, you always want to just get in all the bits and stuff. But it it really is when it works the best is when you're not laughing that much and you're just trying to figure out the emotional through line of the movie because that's kind of what people. That's why I think Monty, you know, Monty Python is like my. Fa- I mean, that's the thing I grew up on loving. And as I got older, I was like, oh no, Life of Brian's like their best movie. You know what yeah. I mean? People might not not find it the funniest but it's by far their best movie it's my it's, it's like the one I go back to the most yeah. is Live of Brian yeah. because it has such a strong story mm. you know what I mean and that's the thing like th- that's like a bit that everyone laughs at but then if you just plug that it, you know it doesn't really Romanos Eo Dominum like it was the Latin the Latin lesson on yeah, the side so of the funny. fucking I mean but it's a, but I guess it's also yeah, it has sketches in it though. I mean that that has mm-hmm. that movie has like tons of like well, two person sketch sketches. Sketch. It just yeah. yeah, but it has this kind of uh, ticking clock to it, which yeah. I think is so great. Of you know him being crucified and is he going to get out and like the satire of it so strong. Um, but it all it is just a bunch of sketches, yeah. but well put it masked. I'm I, I feel like you can't. You're in maybe as a comedy person, your instinct is to like. Is you start with the scoop of the jokes first, and you're like, and then this, and then we'll figure out the story part underneath. And you're like, no, no, that's that's so that's like flash paper. Yeah, yeah. You kind of what I've well, I guess what I've learned working at South Park is you know if you the inspiration you get, you kind of try to hold on to that. Like, what is the thing that made us laugh? You know, it could have been three months ago, but that thing made us laugh. You know, um, and we're doing the I, one of the first ones I worked on was the Kanye West. Gay fish at mm-hmm. one where you have fish. That, I have a seven inch of that song. <laughs> <laughs> so the gay fish thing was like, no, that made us laugh. And then three months later, you know, at a retreat, we came up with this gay fish thing. And then you, you kind of go, ah, maybe it's not as fun. No, 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 no. That, so you try to retain that inspiration. Um, and Trey's really good at that. But then it's like when you're trying to figure out the story, you want it to be just, I don't know, resonant in some way. You know what I mean? And then because you, you can always be funny. You just want to be. 
um, confident that we, we can always make this funny. You know what I mean? But let's make sure the story makes sense, you know? And that's what that's why comedies are just way harder. Well, it's interesting that you uh, – because we never really met before – Today, I mean, maybe just well, like briefly. Didn't you moderate the Paul? Oh, I did. H I did the Paul panel. Yes, I yes. Did the Paul, that but was I right couldn't before. hear you at all. I know. <laughs> and, and every panel that I've moderated at Hall H since then, I've always used that as an example of like, you have to aim a speaker at the panel because yeah. no one can hear anything. Yeah, you can't hear a thing. It was so bizarre. We were like, what's because the, the 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 audio just disappears into the back of the yeah. room. Yeah, because it's, it's so, not. I just it's, did it again, uh, Hall H, and I said that I was like, you know, you can't hear each other up there. It's really weird. And yeah, no, <laughs> it's not important. Um, we can't afford more speakers. <laughs> it's yeah. not. No, it's just not. get like a twenty dollars speaker from you. Just go to the. Yeah, you want to give us. me twenty five dollars? Sure, I would be happy to give you. It's $25. built. It's built for the least uh, sound. It's yeah. It's just a giant room that is designed to have a banquet hall. It's, yeah. it's yeah. basically it's just it's just like a driving range, just like yeah. Whew, yeah. And the yeah. ball just yeah. disappears. But um, uh, yes, but but you, and so. To me, my experience with you is you're like a pretty laid back guy. Yet you have, and maybe you're not. I just don't know you that well. But you essentially had two concurrent jobs that were probably two of the highest pressure jobs, <laughs> and on opposite coasts. Yeah, <laughs> that you had to like. Oh, you got uh, you know five days for this show and six days for this yeah. show, and you just got to fucking. They're both six days. <laughs> oh no, I guess it is five days. No, six with both. But yeah, it's hard. It's. Um, I mean, South Park, I don't do a lot of heavy lifting. It's really those guys. You're just helping them out with their idea. The pressure is really on them. You know, I'm just like, I, I come in at 10 and then it's really amazing. You'll come in at 10 a.m. and then they'll go, okay, so, you know, we have these three scenes in act one, these two scenes in act two, and we know we want to end with this scene. So how do we get from this scene to this scene? Let's talk about that. And then you'll kind of come up with, you know, three or four different scenes that kind of move the plot along and then what what tends to happen is then you leave at 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. you leave and the next day you come in at 10 a.m. and everything you talked about is fully animated it's all done Jesus Christ. they do it that they can they turn around stuff and incredibly yeah. fast there the hard work is mainly for the animators yeah the hard work is done. like Guys, uh, good luck. You those know, poor, uh, those yeah. poor guys sleeping on the floor. Oh, wait, and there's like really the guy just wait. They have to wait. Yeah, just waiting around. The, yeah. That documentary is the one of the most stressful documentaries I've ever seen. Oh yeah, but it is just them. Those are that's. I mean, I've never. I think I've been a part of. Yeah, maybe one, where they kind of threw out. I don't know. Maybe a Sunday. Maybe because the show airs Wednesday. Maybe. I've heard stories where they've thrown out shows as late as, like, Monday, where they go, you know what? This isn't working. Scrap all this. We're starting over. You know what Jesus I mean? Jesus Christ. And they just, like, <clears throat> go. For, but I think that's a testament to them wanting the work to be good. I think yeah. a lot of times when someone is – when they've done something for that long, what tends to happen, and it makes total sense, is you become incredibly wealthy. You can really – and you can now enjoy yourself, and so you become more of, like, a manager. And you go, you guys do this. I know I used to be on the yeah. floor, but, yeah. you know, directing things. But you guys do this. I'm going to go and enjoy myself because I've killed myself for the last 10 years to <laughs> well, get to this place. But they, they aren't like that. They are so – everything is about the show and the comedy and keeping it, um, you know. And, and, and it's the same thing at SNL. Like, Lauren's still, you know, really involved. And, yeah. and he's on the floor with you and saying – 
I don't think this works that way. And I'm like, I've been doing this for like 40 years, yeah. you know? I couldn't be at a Yankees game with Billy Joel, but I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess it maybe some of it has to do with, you know, what is it that you what is it that you want? And if that thing is like, well, I just want to get comfortable. And yeah. so I'll work really hard for like yeah. 10 or 15 years, and then I'll be comfortable, and then everything will be fine. But if it really is about the craft, then I guess that never goes away. But I think mm-hmm. that's why so many comedy people just sort of... Well, South Park amazes me every time. It's unbelievable time. the like, quality has never waned. And that's, no, that, if that's anything, really, it's gotten better. Yeah. And that is them just trying to learn. I mean, it really is. They just learn from it, and they go, you know, oh, no, we've made that. I, you hear that a lot. No, we've done that before. We made yeah. that mistake once. You know, no, no, no. I, I you know, I don't think that's good. And then once you get an idea and you go, no, this really works. This is like a funny thing. Watching them go, yeah, but it's, I think you'll see it come. You know, we, it yeah. is good and it works, but as I'm watching it, you can kind of see it coming. Yeah. So mm. let's, how do we subvert it in a way where you don't see it coming? And they bang their head against the wall every week to make it work. And that's why. And they pull it's it good. And well, every time there's a Randy Marsh episode, I get really I, I also think some of it has to do with the fact that it's a small team. Yeah. And there's there's just not enough time to overthink things and totally. overnote things. It's just like this was really funny right away. Let's just fucking do it. This and is making us get laugh. It done. Yeah. Like those, yeah. that that writer's room to me has always been like how do we how do we get back to that place you were in high school? Like the funniest I've ever been in my life was in high school in the lunchroom with my friends. That's like the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. I will never be that funny again. <laughs> like you just laughing and there was no pressure. There was no like, uh, you know, overthinking it or whatever. Uh, it was just totally unfiltered and you relaxed and it was a lot of fun. And I feel like the writer's room there is them trying to, you know, uh, kind of harness that, you know. And so it's a lot of – it's really – it's it's a it's a lot of fun, and I always I, every day there I leave going oh I learned that you know what I mean oh, wow. I'll come back going oh so oh I thought we were gonna go this way but I see now why you guys went that way and it, it does work better that way you know um, but they never act like they know what they're doing which is <laughs> I, I think they're so great they're no. you know it's that uh, what do you call it. Uh, I'm yes, I'm going to compare Trey and Matt to Akira Kurosawa real quick. <laughs> um, real quick. You know what? They, I mean, you know, I, I'm they... going to. Uh, when he got his Oscar, his honorary Oscar, and he was like, you know, the greatest filmmaker of all time, yeah. and he got his Oscar in 1990, and he was like 80 years old, and he, his basically acceptance speech was like, I'm still trying to figure this shit out, wow. and it was very genuine. Like, I thank you for giving me this. I still don't know how these things work, but I'm gonna figure it out you know wow. what i mean and like i'm gonna try to keep figuring it out you know i never saw that it's great it's all um and i don't know i just think that's you gotta have the attitude of like a student and those du- dudes yeah. totally and like pixar guys too like I, I was up at pixar all last week and they're the same thing those guys are just like total just students they never like i'm working with pete doctor on his new movie um, inside Out, and like I'm like, you did Up and Monsters Inc. You should be like Done. smoking a cigar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up on the table. If you want, no, he's just like oh, I don't know, man. I just, you know they they have all the same insecurities you, that yeah. everybody has. You like, have to stay. You you with, with I think with particularly comedy, if you want it to last, you always have to. <laughs> Not to take a line from Eye of the Tiger, but you always have to stay hungry. Like yeah. you always and 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 and. and Part of it is with being complacent and being comfortable. Is like you're not hungry anymore. Yeah. You're not, not, not that you shouldn't. You know, like you, it doesn't matter if you make a ton of money or if you make a ton of money. Great, but you still have to find something 
that keeps you really hungry. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, like reading Bob Odenkirk saying, like, if I wasn't getting paid this, even if I still lived in Illinois, I would be doing this stuff in my my house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you just do it because you just can't help it. You just want to do this. Yeah. Another Breaking Bad person, Brian Cranston, said the same thing on the podcast. He was really? like, yeah, yeah, because That's I was right kind of poking around trying to play the card of like, I mean, as performers, we're all sort of insecure. And he was like, no, what do you mean? Like he yeah. just—he was like, I would be doing this if I had five roommates in a shitty apartment yeah. Yeah. in Brooklyn. As long yeah. as I could keep acting. As long as I could keep yeah. acting. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, no, it's that's, true, that's though. It's, it's like, oh, you should go up there and do that. I mean, that's like, you know, and you never know how it's going to go. And when it goes bad, you go, oh, that went bad. I wonder how I learned from that. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, don't do that again. You know what I mean? Do you, or, well, you go Yeah, I remember... Um, I think it was like your first first or second year at SNL and you and Nick, Jesse Novick, were writing like a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to Nick about where it's like um, you guys got to get notes back from like Edgar Wright yeah. and stuff like that. And how you just like, like oh, like you, you were still like, you know, do you, you feel that like that's like with an old script like that, you would ever go back to it now uh, with all the knowledge you have? Yeah, I think if you look back at those first drafts, you would go, oh, man, it's what I was talking about earlier. There was no story. It was mm. just kind of super bits. modular bits, you know, that could be moved around and put in any order, you yeah. know what I mean? And so it was Edgar saying, oh, no, Shaun of the Dead, though, it's, you know, you work it out, the emotional beats of it, and, like, what about this guy's life and about the character, and yeah. and, and, and it was, we'll, we'll make it funny. Just yeah. make it, it's almost almost better to, out you know, either outline it or just write it straight because it's so much easier to subvert things and make it funny once you have a straight That's thing true, there that yeah, works, yeah. like a yeah. straight, like a almost like a drama base, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then you just start breaking it up and messing around with it and yeah. see what happens. It kind of... Um, it's fun to build something like that and then just start breaking it apart. Yeah, I remember what Nick was saying about like the thing they were trying to like the Edgar was telling you guys is like and also like you know write it, but then also write it backwards. Yeah, where it's like go back and you know put in callbacks and put in yeah, stuff. That yeah, yeah, which starts, they do. Con- they do yeah, so well. They do so well. I mean, Shaun of the Dead and is just like a perfect movie. Yeah, and I yeah, it's the same thing where you make it like these kind of like you know mouse traps of like different things. This yeah. hits this. Oh, that's a callback to that. Mm-hmm. You know. But um, but at and, the core of it, you have to say, "What does this guy want?" Yeah, and yeah. how can we either keep that from him yes. or force him? to And try what's to the get conflict it? here? What's the and do you care about what the person wants? And is it you know interesting? I mean, there's so much big questions. But if you go into it going, "Okay, we got to figure out what this guy wants and makes him interesting," you'll go crazy. Then you're just being super, you know, like a surgeon or something it's too removed but if you could put your own self into it or you're just talking to your friends you're like oh my gosh it's about this guy who do you know or you're alone in your car thinking about something and then you get inspired that's what i mean that's what um you know with those guys like edgar and people like that you always feel like it came from this and is uh an inspiration for something yeah you know that you get excited about and you don't think you don't uh you know, analyze it too much. You just go, oh, God, what if we were in a zombie cop, like, apocalypse? Yeah. What, what if, would we do if we were in a zombie apocalypse? That's yeah. what's so but, interesting. You know? That's what's so, that's what's so <laughs> kind of fucked up about the entertainment business is that then it's, then you get that excitement and then the rest of the business just tries to smush that down yeah. as much as like, let's drag this out. Let's let the lawyers talk about this for a year before yeah. you're even allowed to make this thing. Yeah. Now let's give it notes now. And then you're all of a sudden the character in the thing where you're like, I just want that thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I was, in, I mean, 
for my wife's movie, you know, it's like she wrote it and essentially everyone in town, you know, all the big studios were like, we don't want to do this. And then she just kind of was like, well, well, we'll just figure out a way to make it, you know. And I've been working on a lot of movies like that where you just you got to keep it moving. It's like you're trying to get someplace and the freeway is all jammed up. So you're like, just to keep moving, I'm gonna, yeah. I, I, yeah. it takes me longer. <laughs> but you just, yeah. but I just, see, I just yeah. don't want to sit there. I'm going to go all the way over yeah. here. But yeah. I'm going to get there. But as long as I keep moving instead of just, you know, slowly inching your way to your goal. Um, you know, I've worked on three films now. Yeah, that are just million dollar films, you know, and all of them have the kind of like, that similar story as I made it. And everyone said no, so I just was like, if I have to go find a, you know, a, you know, a good camera, I'll edit it on my laptop. I have you here. We'll pull in another friend. Yeah. You know, you're going to be wearing your own clothes. We'll be shooting at my apartment, my friend's apartment. You know, we'll just figure out a way to do this. Um, that's the nice thing now is you don't you don't need to ask for permission to make your thing, and that's what I was impressed with. My wife, Maggie, and uh, Craig Johnson did this movie, Skeleton Twins, and this guy, Ned Benson, into this movie, The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. I was just impressed with that, um, the determination just to, like, go, well, no, no, I'm just going to make it. I'm not going to wait and listen yeah. to all these people. I'm just going to make it, you know? And then, and then, you guys, it's out of my hands. But right. let me at least make it and make all my own mistakes and make something I like or just go, I can stand by this instead of it going through this other kind of going through this machine and then I'm like well I don't know what it is anymore. well yeah exactly because you you run the risk of of trying to put it through the machine of well I, it may never happen but even if it does happen I might lose it anyway yeah so I might as well just make the thing that just I want just make the thing you want to make and you know that's what Maggie said she's like I don't need anybody to tell me what's wrong with my movie I fully know what's wrong with my movie because I lived through it and I learned through, you know I learned <laughs> by, by doing it and by editing it going oh man this thing does not work I gotta ugh I gotta cut well geez, that that's a big blemish but I love all this other stuff I love this but you feel better about it and own it and you learn more instead of why do they make me do this yeah. and it so doesn't work and now it's not their name up on the poster it's my name on the poster mm. and my name saying directed on it <laughs> and it looks like this is my taste and, and it's not my taste you can't ever go but they gave me these notes yeah. they're like you can't sure have, sure it was them yeah, yeah. you can't have a big yeah open the movie like hello you're about to see it's not my movie <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was my movie um, I'm gonna do a PowerPoint presentation of all the emails I received from the yeah, studio while yes. making this movie so everyone what happened. see that's yeah. not <laughs> but then you hope what happens I don't know if this happens anymore but at least you know 10, 15 years ago, you know, when guys like Paul Thomas Anderson and Wes Anderson and people like that was, they did their own little movie, um, and then it would come out, and then people would say, you know, a studio or something, we love this, we want to pay you to do what you do, because we love this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that how much that happens anymore. You know, Jody it's Hill kind of had it. It's happening yeah. on cable television now. Well, 100%. That's I mean, where it's happening. Like, independent movies have turned into cable. Like, and on yeah. Netflix. And, on, and yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, it's not even... It used to be a thing now where people will go, ah, oh, yeah, the movie's opening on demand and in theaters on the same day or whatever, and it's a bummer. And I'm like, I think that's... I just watched Mud the other day. The movie's great. Yeah, I have that queued up. That was great. great. And it was on, like, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on Video On Demand. I know, yeah. I don't know if that's bad or not, but I still saw it and I loved it. And I'm t yeah. telling people, like, you should go see this. It's really great. Yeah, I went, I, 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 uh, I pay per viewed uh, Drinking Buddies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is uh, Swansburg, yeah. a new movie. And, you know, it's just, like, 
I I figured like watching it like that, it still gets the numbers instead of me having to drive down to you know Santa Monica to go see it in like a small art house. I'm just saying, there's more ways to see these things now. Yeah. It's just going to be different. Everyone's kind of used to like the model of seeing things, the things working a certain way, and it's just yeah. different now. But did I think someone said uh, that? And I apologize if this is wrong information. But what I heard was that Spielberg basically has this theory that yeah. that movie that going to see a movie will be like going to see a theater. Yeah. That at some point it'll just you'll pay fifty dollars for a yep. ticket and it'll be this fucking epic. Like yeah. it has to be of a certain level. Yeah. Of yeah and they're bringing and they're bringing food. I think is another like the dining thing is going to be a bigger thing in, well, the, yeah, in more, the future. Uh, You're going to see yeah. more and more like and to your point like. Come in, have food, take in a movie, because well, draft houses are expanding. They're yeah. opening up one downtown. There's yeah. like there's more opening up around the country where you yeah. can get food and drinks and watch a movie. Just making it like you're not just going to go and sit in a the theater with uh, your you know coke and popcorn and watch a movie. Well, there has yeah. to be one because it's very difficult now, especially now, to get people to to get out of their fucking house. Yeah. So you have to give them one special element of like, well, but I guess if we have this, it, like it has to be, and it used to, the experience just used to be, look what they did. They made all those images move and they put yeah. it up on a thing and now it's like, you have, that. that's not enough of an experience anymore. Yeah. No, it's true. And it's like, you're, you know, the cable television thing. That's why you watch cable TV. I miss TV. the simpler times, you guys, and people would duck out of the way of the train coming towards them. Yep. Not anymore. I like though. I mean, it is true. People are saying it, but it's totally true that it's like a golden age of TV. Right oh now. yeah, absolutely. And when I was on SNL, I, ironically, I was so inundated with pop culture because we were writing stuff. When I would go home, I was like only watch Criterion DVDs, <laughs> and, and I, you know, and really, you know, depressing documentaries about like Jonestown or something like that. I was like, I don't want to pay attention to any of this stuff. That's exactly. And then, and then when I was off the show, that's when I was like. Uh, is Game of Thrones good? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I should watch it. And I'm like, this is great. Why didn't I help write that thing we did? On? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I was like... doing the same thing when I was at the soup. I was so inundated with all the just pop culture shit that, like, I would, like, I would like be. I just I can't watch any more reality shows. I'm just yeah. gonna take a break. My break would be watching, like, or even I remember one time I was just listening to the uh, the tape uh, um, at Jonestown. When he was like passing it, when they were passing oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just listening to what he was saying for like two hours. It's so bonkers. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Just because I was just, I, wa- just it on just, your I own. wanted the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah, you want the most depressing. I mean, that's why I started doing Keith Morrison, the Dateline stuff, because I would watch those Dateline shows because it's super depressing and fucked up. And I was like, oh, we would never do anything like this. I need balance <laughs> in my brain for some yeah. reason. Too much joy at work. <laughs> <laughs> I need sadness. Yeah. Uh, you know, but. I, uh, no, but I, I'm now, it's like I've been going crazy watching like the new, ki- the, the original killing and yeah, that's just so started Justified. Justified's yeah, I haven't watched it. Justified's yeah. really, it's fun. Is Bates Motel good? I haven't seen Bates Motel. It's no Ray Donovan, but it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing, Nothing is. is Ray Donovan. Nothing, Nothing is. is Ray Donovan. R.I.P. Bridget. So as we're as we're sort of <laughs> as we're sort of wrapping this up, did you just fucking hashtag? <laughs> <laughs> Was that a hashtag? Hashtag no. God save Bunchy. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! I don't know what any of that means. A bunch of like know. three cars in LA just went. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> One of them's Liam Schreiber. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck did he say? <laughs> just know that from now on, for the next three months, <laughs> there's an implied Ray Donovan spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, way to go! Every podcast. Uh, now that you find out that Bridget. Died, like that's the it's a sister that died 15 years ago Chris it's time to get over it uh, I can't get over it it's a thing 
that I yeah. listen. That show should follow my viewing habits, <laughs> and the rest of society should protect me for being busy. <laughs> um, what are you gonna now, now that you're in Los Angeles? Is there what, what do you uh, what do you want to do, or what are you working on, or what's? I'm writing stuff, and then um, working at South Park for the next couple for this season, which is just the next three months or so, and then I'll just see. You know, I I kind of am. Um, just writing right now. It's it's still like in that place of just figuring all this shit out. Animals from the future reunion? No, I don't think. No, because Matt Offerman moved to Illinois. What? Yeah. When? Uh geez, like a year ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Shit. So that's not gonna happen. I, I would like to thank you and and also apologize at the same time. Was that you were supposed to be on Talking Bad the other night, and then Aaron Paul's schedule moved. Um, it's okay to get bumped fair and well. It was actually I I I, I actually when I when I found out that because it it happened late in the week and I said you you should see if Bill can move to later because it was more to protect you yeah because you know especially what can happen on a show like that is that if if there's someone who's not on the show and then a couple of people who are on the show then all the fans are like who's that other guy why is he I want to I want to hear what Jesse has to say and and I just didn't want to put you in that situation no not at all I and totally so got it I just I was like see if you know see if there's any way that he can move later in the schedule so it's not it's not right there, and and you very graciously did. So I that I'm I'm very glad. Oh no problem. I'm I'm excited to do that show. I'm very I'm excited and nervous to do that show. Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. That last episode was so good. Yeah, I just can't. I haven't seen ahead. I can't even. You know, like it just they've already started at such a crazy place. I'm like, how? I know. That's why I love that show. There's no because watching these other TV shows, kind of catching on TV shows, and then watching Break It Bad, it is uh, really interesting because you see how different, how kind of crazy um, the narrative propulsion of that show, yeah. <laughs> the, the li- how linear it is. How there's well, no there's no fat on it. There's never a scene. There's never like there's multiple subplot plots going. We're like, oh, now we're following this guy and this yeah. person. Everything's kind of headed the same direction. But I feel like it's been that way since the beginning. It's, it's one of the only nonstop. shows where I watch it. And every show, I'm constantly reminded, like, oh, this is because he made that decision in the first episode. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he made this, this is another, it's a, just this long domino effect. I, I, you know? I, sometimes I think about it as sort of the dramatic, that the philosophical dramatic counterpart to Arrested Development, where it's like something that you really didn't even think twice about way before is like, oh, now this is the thing and yeah. this th- this has consequences that are going to pay yeah. off. Like Leaves of Grass or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes! You go, Leaves of Grass, well, that's a funny weird thing and yeah. then it's like, oh, oh my no. gosh. Well, also, it's it's what I think is kind of amazing about it is that a lot of series when they're ending is you get the sense that it's just like the last five or six episodes are like kind of filler and then the last episode is where they're like now here's all the shit that's gonna go down yeah. but yeah. this one is like oh no there's a whole you just it's building to this thing that you really want them i'm i just want them to stick the landing you know you want them to like yeah. it's so good that you just don't want it to be because there's that one moment a couple of seasons where the thing with jesse and the the girl you know like or the kid getting poisoned Rock. and all that stuff that was like I was like this is getting a little dicey. Yeah, but it's like a little like wait a minute, how would he? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was the first time I ever felt that way in the show. But then it kind of rebounded in that in the next episode, yeah. right? 
And so any, it, it's so funny that any, any other show, I would forgive things, but Breaking Bad, it's like the bar has been set so high yeah. that you're just, you're almost like, don't, you know. Yeah. Vince was very, like, he seems very much like we're really happy with the way that it ended and we think everyone's going to be satisfied and we're satisfied. I think that's why it's good. It seems like people writing shit for themselves. Yeah. yeah. It really does. Yeah. They're like, we want to see this. And so I, I'm probably going to be on board no matter what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll see you in a couple of weeks on yeah. on the show. And um, is there anything you want to plug or promote or anything? I'm in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. Hey, sweet! And that comes out uh, late September. More meatballs. More meatballs. They become sentient. <gasps> oh no! Yes. Like meatwad? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I just play this. I play this one clip from Aqua Teen Hunger Force over and over again, where he just goes, "You ain't gonna give me that sippy cup," and then he spills it, and it just for some it fucking unhinges me every single time I watched. Uh, I was on that show twice, and I never saw my episode. Oh, you didn't? No, I never got a chance to see him. Oh. I missed them. I should go find them. <laughs> to the internet. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, Thanks nice. for coming Thank and, and hanging no, out. Anytime, man. This was awesome. Cool. Thank you. All right. Enjoy a burrito, everyone. Right. Actually, we're literally about to enjoy burritos. Kyle brought us uh, food. Okay. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.